This is the Employment Hour with Lior Samfuru and John Scholes on Talk Radio, AM 640. Oh, yes, it is. The Employment Hour is back. Uh, the number 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to Severance Pay Calculator, give you the deal about what that's all about. A very, very handy tool that uh, tens of thousands have used uh, since its creation about, what, a year and a half or two years ago? Yeah, about a year now? and a half ago. But uh, first, we always get to the week that was. How was it, my friend? Well, a good week is always uh, talking to a lot of people, working with a lot of people, the people that lost their jobs, people that have uh, workplace conflict, and that's what we're here to talk about. This is the show where you learn, hopefully, about your rights, your obligations in the workplace. And as always, I'd like to start off by talking about uh, a couple of situations that I saw or dealt with this week. Uh, the first situation, I was contacted by an individual that, that lost his job, and John, let's let's have you be the lawyer no, here, okay? okay. Really, no, an, no. impromptu test. Impromptu test. So, uh, so there, there's a few stages to my question. So, okay. first question is, uh, so this guy had worked for uh, the same company for 17 years. Okay. Do you think that's likely to make him an employee? I, I would say so, likely. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he worked exclusively for them for 17 weeks. Still feel the Still same way? Still an employee, yeah. Okay. Uh, he got paid a, a steady uh, monthly salary. Yeah, he's still an employee. Right. Uh, he had business cards, company business cards with his name on yeah, it. Yeah, it's still an employee. How about he got vacation pay? Wow. What do you think? Still an employee? This guy's a banner employee. He is an employee. <laughs> He is the, the most employee anyone can be. Uh, he, it's, in fact, it's impossible to be more of an employee right. than this guy is, except he wasn't, except he wasn't treated as one. He was treated as an independent contractor for 17 years, even though he worked for the same company, got paid the salary, yep. uh, had business cards, got vacation pay, nice for try. God's sakes. And uh, so, no. So he was treated as an independent contractor on paper. So when the employer terminated his uh, position uh, recently, they said, here's two weeks pay. Okay, and off you go. Uh, no, well, guess what? He's not an independent contractor. He is an employee, a classic employee. It's a classic situation where someone is mischaracterized or misclassified as an independent mm-hmm. contractor when they're not. So this this gentleman, 17 years, he's in his uh, mid-50s, he's going to be looking at right around 18 months oh, yeah. of compensation easily. Forget about two weeks. And he was very surprised. He said, are you sure about that? Because all this time, you know, I've been paying my own taxes. I've been invoicing them for the same amount every month. So are you sure I'm not an independent contractor? I am sure 100%. And listen, even John Scholes agrees with me, so it must be right. Yeah, and uh, I know nothing. And, and John doesn't so really obvious know. I could figure it out. Exactly. He is a classic employee. Oh, yeah. and, and this is just an example, John, of situations that we've talked about on the show, and I certainly see in my practice every week, people being mischaracterized, misclassified, classified, being called an independent contractor or they're not. So what's the rule? The rule is it doesn't matter what you call yourself. It doesn't matter what someone else calls you. What matters is substance over form. If you work for the same company, you get paid regular salary, you work exclusively for them, you're probably an employee and you have a right to be treated as an employee if the relationship comes to an end as relates to severance uh, and termination pay. So this is a very, very uh, extreme example, but there's many other cases that are just as, uh, as profound where someone is really an employee. It's amazing when he just made that one phone call. What a what a Christmas gift that was. Yeah, right? it, Not even knowing, thinking, oh, I think I'm a contractor. I invoice him and all that no, stuff. And I actually think what he may have thought is, well, maybe instead of two weeks pay, I'm out four weeks pay, right. you know, oh, just for sure. something like that. Uh, and, and instead, we're talking now about 18 months compensation. I'm going to get working on this matter this coming week. And we're going to resolve this so quickly. It's not even yeah. uh, going to be an That's issue. That's the key, right? That's it the is. Key. It is because it's straightforward. Mm-hmm. 
Now, the second matter that I'll talk to you about, again, an example of a situation where uh, a severance offer uh, can, can be so different than what a person's entitlements actually are. So uh, another fairly extreme situation, this person had worked in Nova Scotia for uh, about 12 years for, for one company, and an Ontario company, actually from uh, Oakville, Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, recruited him. Uh, and they, they, they approached him through a headhunter in Nova Scotia. You're exactly the guy we want. We want you to come work for us. Finally convinced them to relocate uh, all the way to Ontario, to Oakville, Ontario, and, uh, and, and take a job there. Okay, his, his right, th- he did that. Well, fast forward about 10 months, just under a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they decided it's not working out. Yep. You're a good guy, but th- it didn't work out the way we wanted. We're going to let you go. Sure. And, which you know, they can do. Yeah, gotcha. Which they can do, absolutely. Gotcha. And you've worked for us for 10 weeks, so we're going to give you, uh, so for 10 months, we're going to give you a month's pay. Yeah, that's and, and good luck. Yeah. Uh, so long, farewell. <laughs> well, the, the problem with that, several problems. The, fir- the first, the, probably the main one, is the fact that when you recruit someone from a uh, secure job, in this case, he had a job for 12 years, and you let them go shortly thereafter, that person is likely going to be entitled to an enhanced severance package. Mm -hmm. We call that inducement uh, because of the fact that they left a secure job. And in this case, not only did he leave a secure job, he relocated all the way. And clearly, he would have only done that on the basis of an expectation of having long-term employment. He wouldn't have relocated for a 10-month job. So the bottom line is for this guy, after 10 months of employment, uh, he probably is going to be looking at 8 to 10 months of severance, Mm -hmm. even though he only worked for 10 months in light of that inducement. But what's also interesting is even if there wasn't any inducement, even if he simply applied for a job in Oakville and started working in Oakville, even in that situation, because he's a senior gentleman and he's also in his 50s, after 10 months, he probably would have gotten three, four, five months of severance anyway. So, again, what the lesson he has here is that the, the difference between what you're offered, in this case was a month's pay, and what you're actually owed, probably nine, ten months' pay, uh, can be very, very significant, very important to get legal advice. And, you know, even though this is an extreme example that I gave you, similar examples are not that uncommon. Did they inherit the 12 years he'd worked previous yeah, because in, of that? Yeah. In essence, yes. If, if yeah. you induce someone, recruit them to leave a secure job, they come there on the basis of your promises of long-term secure employment, and in, es- in essence, you inherit that service. Uh, and it's especially a problem if you let them go shortly thereafter. Easy to get hold of Lior anytime, 1-855-821-5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Take a quick break. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Now back to the Employment Hour. With Lior Sampuru and John Skoll. Now back to on the Talk Employment Radio. Hour. AM With Lior Sampuru and John Skolls on Talk Radio. AM 640. Lior at employmenthour.com. That is a send us an email. We'll get to a few of those throughout the hour today. And 1-855-821-5900 is the phone number to get a hold of Lior directly. We're going to get into this. Deadlines for signing back severance offers. Ooh, it's always scary. It's always Friday at 5. Let, uh, take us through how, uh, how's a typical severance offer structured, first of all? Yeah, and, you know, uh, obviously a severance offer can take many, many forms, and they're not necessarily identical. But for the most part, uh, there's some very uh, uh, significant similarities. So a severance offer is going to uh, be a severance offer or a termination letter. They're the same thing. 
Uh, it's going to start off by saying, you know, we're parting ways, and it may or may not give a reason as to why you're being let go. In many cases, it's, it could be as simple as saying, we, we decided to let you go without cause. Uh, and then it's going to say what the employer is, it's going to outline what the re- employer is going to do no matter what. So, for example, we're going to pay you your outstanding wages. We're going to mm-hmm. pay you your outstanding vacation pay. So that's, it's going to outline that. And then it's going to outline what the employer is offering by way of compensation in exchange for the employee signing off on the, on the offer, signing a, a release in, uh, for the employer. So it's going to outline the amounts in terms of week. We're willing to pay you eight weeks, 10 weeks, six months, whatever it is uh, of compensation. It's going to outline what the employer is willing to do with respect to benefits. We're going to continue your benefits for this amount of time. And it's going to outline what's going to happen with the other components of the person's compensation. Bonus, it may uh, say, well, we're not going to pay you a bonus or we are going to pay you a bonus. Uh, and, then it's, and then it's going to end by saying, well, you know, here's, you, now you know our offer. And to accept it, you have to sign off on this document and you have until Friday at 5, as an example, sure. to do it. It's always going to end up uh, with giving a date, a deadline, a deadline by right? which the person has to sign or else they don't get what the employer is offering. And uh, a lot of people are going to get that and obviously, John, be yeah. very stressed. Okay, and that is, that, that's the part that stresses people out. So wh- why, why is it so stress- stressing for people? Well, I mean, think about it, John. You just lost your job. Uh, you, you probably didn't expect to lose your job. You're, uh, you know, very worried about the income. You're worried about being able to find another job. You're worried about paying your mortgage and paying your kids' education. Your employer is offering you compensation, but they're telling you, wait a second, to get this compensation, you better sign by by Friday or else. So if you think about that, a lot of people are going to be very stressed out. I don't have a job. They're offering me money. Mm -hmm. I better sign it or else I'm not going to get it. And then what am I going to do? Here's your hat. What's the hurry? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very, very stressful. When do you need money more than when you lose your job? So uh, a lot of people- So let me me, me ask you a different way then. Should someone be concerned about the deadline? Well, and that's that's the key. And and people are concerned all the time. And people call me always very nervously. I have to talk to you right now. My deadline's tomorrow today or it was yesterday. What do I do? And, and what I tell these people always, and you've heard me say this before on the show, is do not worry about it. That deadline means nothing. Okay, Your rights don't expire on that date in question. It doesn't expire on Friday or Tuesday or whatever the date is. You have two years to pursue your legal rights. Wow. Two years. That, off, that deadline means nothing. It's an arbitrary date. Nothing happens on that date. Your legal rights don't expire. You, you don't get less money uh, b- because that, uh, that date is in there. The only time a deadline, I guess, could be relevant, I've said this before, is if your employer is actually offering you more severance than what they should be offering you, in which case you probably want to accept it before the employer changes their mind. Trust me, that's not going to happen. Right, right. Unfortunately, your employer is not going to offer you more severance than what you're owed. I have yet to see it, and I've looked at thousands and thousands of severance letters over the past 13 years. We, uh, we kid about, you know, Friday at 5, and that's when you have to sign. How much time do employers typically give to sign back the offer? Usually you would see a, a maximum of a week, so anywhere really from three days to a week is, is what I normally see. Uh, and it's really there, John, to kind of put some pressure on the person, to, to have them think that there's uh, something they could lose if they don't sign. So uh, anywhere from three days to a week, and most people are going to feel that pressure and feel compelled to sign. And my message, and I've 
repeated this message on this show and many other uh, forums and media. Do not do that. Do not worry about it. Get some legal advice. Make sure you understand what you're offered and whether what you're offered is adequate rather than signing something just because you feel stressed by a deadline that doesn't mean anything. one 821 5900 is Lior's direct number, Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to some emails uh, a little later on in the show here. So now what happens if I'm the, I'm the guy, I've looked at my severance offer, I've either, you know, the cat ate it or something else, and I haven't signed, ooh, by the deadline. Yeah, what happens? Well, well, here's the thing. Nothing happens, okay. John. Nothing <laughs> happens. Your legal rights are what they are, and you can still get what you're owed uh, later on. If your employer has offered you something, it's because they feel it's a good deal for them. It's probably not a good deal for you, but it's probably a good deal for the employer. So if you accept that, you want to accept that deal a week, a month, a year after the the deadline, it's still going to be a good deal for the employer. So that's not going to be a problem. So do not worry about these deadlines. It's much, much, much more important that you get some legal advice to understand what you've been offered and what you're actually owed. So thinking that the offer they've handed me is in the advantage of the employer and I got three days or a week as outlined on this piece of paper, which we know doesn't hold water, should the employee ask for more time and if if they've not had a chance to obtain legal advice? Listen, I'm a big believer in courtesy. Uh, I I don't think you can ever go wrong with courtesy. So if your employer has asked you to respond by a certain date out of courtesy for no other reason, and and I think it's okay to ask for more time if you need it, simply say, listen, let me give give me more time. I'm going to think about it, talk about it with my wife, get legal advice, and the employer is going to say yes. But that's really just courtesy. You don't actually have to do that. Nothing happens if you don't ask for that and the employer doesn't formally extend the deadline. Because as I said, that deadline is meaningless. But like I said, there's never uh, you can never go wrong by being courteous and, and uh, working out with your employer the fact that you're going to get some extension. Easy to get hold of Lior anytime. one 821 5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Take a quick break. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The Employment Hour with Lior Samfuru and John Scholes on Talk Radio AM 640. Very simple to get hold of Lior, Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to some emails very shortly that have come through uh, in less than uh, an hour on this show so far. one 821 5900 This uh, particular break, we're talking about uh, severance offers, deadlines, signing back that severance offer. So we know that the you know, Friday afternoon at 3 thing does not hold water. You have up to two years to uh, sign back the offer and finalize and close out your deal. But uh, if someone does sign the severance offer because they felt pressure by the deadline, uh, which I know you've, you've had phone calls in your office, is there anything they can do about it? You know, and that, that's a very tough situation. And, and you know, it's an understandable situation because, as I've said, people feel stressed about it. People feel uh, pressured. And they may uh, you know, buckle under that pressure and sign off just to, to, just to not miss out on something. And what happens then if they say, wait, wait a second, now I realize, now I've calmed down a bit, now I'm, I'm, I'm feeling better, uh, so I, I shouldn't have signed this, I should have spoken with Lee or what, what do I do? For the most part, John, uh, you're not going to be able to do anything. You're going to be stuck with that document that you signed. Well. Unless your employer put unreasonable pressure for you to sign it right there on the spot in front of them, uh, if that happens, you probably can get out of it. But if you did take it home, if you had the opportunity to think about it more, take your time and get legal advice, but you just didn't do it, you're stuck with it. And that happens all the time. And it's so unfortunate uh, because people are signing things when they're not thinking straight, when they're still very emotional and very upset. Uh, But for the most part, if you have an opportunity to take the severance offer home and think about it and consider it, you choose not to 
because of the, the state you're in, you're stuck. So that is very, very important, uh, and that's why I'm conveying this message. That's why I want people to circulate that message out there. If you lose your job, do not sign. Get some legal advice. Use the severance pay calculator. Just do something to understand what your legal rights actually are. So let's run through a scenario now. I've got a piece of paper in front of me. I've just been told my job is gone. I'm I'm shocked. I don't know what I did. I didn't do anything wrong that I know of. You know, I'm stressed out. Uh, Step one, what do I do? Well, the the first thing you do is you you get your stuff, you leave the workplace, and and, and you go home. And you, you sit down with your severance offer. You read it. You talk about it with your wife. You understand what it says from an English standpoint, what the actual offer is. And then as a good step, why not go to severancepaycalculator.com? Very easy. You can do it from your phone. You can do it from your tablet. You can do it from your computer. Uh, it's, it's free. It's quick. It takes about 30 seconds maybe. And what's it do? Uh, and it calculates how much severance you should have received. You answer three simple questions, how long you've worked, how old you are, and the type of job. You just pick the type of job from a drop-down menu. And it's going to tell you six months, 12 months, 24 months. And now you know. And then you say, okay, the severance pay calculator says I should have gotten 18 months pay. They've offered me 12. I know I have a problem. You call me. You email me. You can have my information. Uh, it's on the severance pay calculator. You can contact me directly from there, and we talk about it. And I'll, if, if I agree that your offer is not, in fact, adequate, we'll talk about how we improve it. None of that costs money. All of that is very accessible, and it's very quick. And at the end of the day, you may decide, you know what, I don't care. I still want to accept a severance offer. But at least then you've made an informed decision. Okay, at least then you know. And once you know, you can decide to do whatever you want. A lot of people out there listening to you say this right now, I know they're thinking to themselves, man, I don't want to get a lawyer involved. They're going to take the offer off the table. They're going to, how dare you bring a lawyer into this? We gave you a nice offer, so we thought, how dare you bring a lawyer? What do I do? They're not going to want to do it. Excellent point, John. And that is exactly what people are very scared of. Am I going to risk something right. by, by negotiating more, by speaking with Lior? Am I going to risk what they've already offered me? Nonsense. Absolutely not. Okay, You're not going to risk anything. Your, uh, the severance offer that you've been made is not going to go anywhere. What we're going to be dealing with is the amounts over and above that that you're owed. Okay? So an employer should, or an employee should never be concerned about losing that offer. They should be concerned whether that offer is adequate. Because once you sign off on that document, there's no going back, as I've said. There's no second kick at the can. Well, I signed it, but now I realize I should have gotten more, so let's get more. You can't do that. You only get one kick at the can, so make it count. Because someone's going to phone you, too, before we wrap up this topic and say, but Lior, uh, I phoned the Ministry of Labor, and these guys aren't far off. They gave me six weeks. Ministry of Labor says I should get five or seven. Right. What are and you talking about? What are you talking about? And, 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 you know, we talked about it last week on the show, John, and the Ministry of Labor cannot and does not, well, actually they could, but they just don't, does right. <laughs> not advise individuals with respect to their full termination entitlements. They only advise an individual with respect to their minimum entitlements. And every employee has greater entitlements than the minimums. So if you call the Ministry of Labor and you say, I've been offered five weeks, and the Ministry of Labor tells you you should have been receiving four weeks, four weeks is your minimum. Your full entitlements, your full legal entitlements, could be easily six months pay, eight months pay, 12 months pay. Uh, so that's what you're actually owed. And that's, by the way, what the severance calculator does. As I said, severancepaycalculator.com. That's what it does. That's what I do. The lawyers in my office do. We help you understand what your full entitlements are, 
and where needed, enforce those entitlements. Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to an email before we take a break. Richard, is uh, seven and a half months of severance enough for a 47-year-old salesperson with 15 years of service? That's Richard. Well, John, you tell me. Is that enough? No, not even close. It's not even close. And that's exactly a classic situation. Richard has been let go, has been offered a severance offer. That severance offer probably has a deadline on it. You have to accept it by Friday. And he's going to be worried, well, wait a second, is that adequate? Should I sign something or lose uh, this offer? No, seven and a half months for a 15-year salesperson at the age of 47 is not enough. It's not even close. He probably is looking at at least a year's pay, 12 months, probably uh, 14 or 15 months pay. Mm -hmm. So it's not even close. It could be right around uh, 50 or 60 cents on the dollar. So very important that Richard give me a call. Let me look at the severance offer. There's a couple of uh, other pieces of information I'm going to want to know from him. And if it's not adequate, we can improve it. That's not rocket science. Richard's going to ask you when he calls, though. He's going to say, you know, I'm in sales and, you know, my monthly take, it, it floated. It wasn't the same. How, how do I calculate that as opposed to a strict salary? Right. And that's another thing we need to know. Seven and a half months, is, is that your just base salary? Is it base right. or commission? Well, the, the rule is it has to include all components of your compensation. So if you, on an, av- on average, make $5,000 base salary a month and $10,000 in commissions a month, well, that's $15,000 a month. And that's the amount that's going to be used to calculate your awesome. severance, not just your base salary. Easy to get hold of Lior anytime, 1-855-821-5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Take a quick break. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The Employment Hour with Lior Samfuru and John Scholes on Talk Radio AM 640. You want to get a hold of Lior, it is very simple. The number is 1-855-821-5900 and uh, Lior at Employment Hour. Uh, we're going to get to this now. Uh, employers requesting medical information. How about this? Someone's uh, been away for medical reasons. What do they need to do? Yeah, and you know it happens all the time. Unfortunately, you know you may have a medical condition. Maybe it's serious. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's long term. Maybe it's not. But you have to be off work. You can't work. There's a medical issue that prevents you from working. And well, what do you do? How do you how do you get time off work? Uh, time off so that your employer doesn't say you just abandoned your job. Well, you, it's it's quite simple actually. You have to provide something from a doctor. By something, I mean a letter, uh, a note, a report from a doctor saying. Uh, I'm I'm this person's doctor, and I've examined him, and he cannot work for medical reasons. Now, that uh, doctor's note does not necessarily have to have uh, a date on it in the sense that it doesn't have to say he can't work for a day or two days or a month. Uh, It could be open-ended. It can say he can't work until uh, I've approved him to go back or he can't work until I, I examine him again. But you have to have that doctor's note, and that doctor's note now creates what, what I call an authorized leave of absence. Once you provide that note, an employer does not have uh, the, the, the choice but mm-hmm. to effectively authorize you to be absent uh, from work until you're able to, to come back. How long can the individual be away for medical reasons? And, and you know, that's always the second question. Well, yep. can I, is, what, what happens if I'm going to be away for an extended period of time? Or an employer may ask, well, how long do we have to keep this person as our employee? Uh, there's really no set time, John, and, and usually we're talking for, for an employer to be required to still consider someone as an employee on a leave of absence. You're talking potentially as much as a couple of years that an employer has to allow that to happen. So a medical leave of absence, uh, generally speaking, 
can be even a couple of years uh, at length. In extreme situations where the, the absence is very long and it's clear that the person can never come back to mm-hmm. work again or are unlikely to ever come back to work, the employer may be able to end the relationship. We know what, what, what that's called. It's called frustration of contract. Yep. Uh, but that's only in extreme situations. So other than that, usually there's really no time limit on how long you can be off work. As long as you're unable to work and as long as the doctor is willing to say that you, you're unable to work for medical reasons, you can stay off work for, uh, for a, an unauthorized basis. Can the employee legally say how long is this going to last? Can they, can they do that? Is that one thing they can ask? How long are you going to be off for? Uh, yeah, an employer can ask that. And usually uh, that's asked by either to the employee or potentially uh, they ask the employee to get a note from a doctor giving an idea. They can ask that, but it's perfectly fine to respond by saying, we don't know, either the employee doesn't know or the doctor doesn't know, uh, because in many cases, depending on the condition, there's no real answer. We don't know if you're going to heal really quickly and be able to go back to work in a week, or is it going to take you six months? So it's okay to ask that question. It's also okay to say, we don't know. What's not allowed to ask? Well, an employer doesn't have a right to know what the medical issue actually is. So this is the difference between diagnosis and prognosis. Diagnosis is what is the issue? What is the problem? Why can you not work? An employer does not have a right to know that. That is private information. Uh, You have a right to privacy, so an employer cannot be demanding information. Tell me why uh, you're not working. Tell me what medical condition you have. No. An employer is allowed to know the prognosis. What is the expectation in terms of getting better? What is the expectation in terms of coming back to work? How long are you going to be off? That is something an employer is allowed to request and employer is allowed to know. So if an employer is putting pressure on you to tell them why you're off, is it a bad back or is it uh, depression? Mm -hmm. You don't have to answer that. You have absolutely no obligation to provide a diagnosis to the employer. You know, you're big on courtesy. I mentioned that in the last segment. Is it... it any uh, courtesy advantage to say, here's what's wrong, I've injured my back, that's why I'm off, blah, 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 even though you don't have to. Is, it, is there any reason why you'd want to? I, I, would, I, I don't think there's any reason one would actually want to. If, if it doesn't bother the employee, if the employee's right. fine and open about it, then that's okay. I, I don't have a problem with that. There's nothing you can do that would hurt you by saying that. Mm-hmm. But if it's a private matter, I mean, right. listen, if you've been in a car accident, God forbid, and then it's probably going to be pretty clear what's wrong with you, and then it's not going to be an issue. But some people may have more personal problems. Some yep. people can have these problems that don't show up on an X-ray, you know, like a, like like depression or bipolar sure. disorder, those very serious medical conditions, and they may not want anyone to know about it. Gotcha. So it's perfectly fine to keep that uh, uh, a secret and not tell your employer. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Lior at employmenthour dot com. So what happens to the employer's job while they're on medical leave? Well, the employer remains an employee while on medical leave. No matter what. They remain an employee, uh, and they continue to accrue service. So if you're on on a medical leave for a year, well, that year counts towards your service. In terms of your actual job, well, an employer, if the employer is required to find someone to do the job because this job has to be done, you know, I can't operate my business without someone doing this job, the employer can hire someone in the meantime to do the job. It doesn't change the fact that you remain an employee, and if and when you're able to return back to work, that employer has to make every reasonable effort to try to take you back to your old job or to a similar job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the meantime, the employer is allowed to find someone to put in that position to do the job uh, if, that jo- if that's what they're required to do to operate their business. And if that job or that department vaporizes during the time you're off? 
if the if the department if the job ceases to exist uh, the employer may in fact uh, be able to terminate uh, employment in that situation and if the employer does terminate employment in that situation then you get your full severance even right. though at the time that uh, you were let go you were not actively at work or not actively earning income you still get severance based on what you would have earned had you been working so the fact that you may be let go for legitimate reasons while on disability does not mean you don't get severance. You absolutely do. And my severance accrues if I've been off for two years. I get two years what I would normally get in addition to my being right. off, right? Wow. Your, your service okay. accrues, and that counts towards your severance, and it increases your severance. More coming up. We'll get to some more emails as well. Lior at employmenthour.com, the number one 855 The Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The Employment Hour with Lior Samfuru and John Scholes on Talk Radio, AM 640. Need to get a hold of Lior? Very simple. 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get some emails here in just a little bit. First, we'll wrap up the employers requesting medical information part of the show. The final uh, question I have for you. So uh, it, it doesn't matter if the employer has or hasn't a disability plan because lots don't, right? No, and it doesn't matter. And, and we always got to keep these things separate. The right to be off work is one thing. The, the uh, ability to qualify for disability coverage is a very different thing. Okay. You have a right to be off work for medical reasons as long as the doctor says you cannot work, irrespective of whether your employer has a short-term or long-term disability plan. So, so that's very, very important to understand. To get that time off work for the employer to consider you to be on an authorized leave of absence, you have to provide a doctor's note. Now, if your employer does have an insurance policy, a short-term disability, long-term disability, the insurance company, Manulife, Great West Life, whoever the insurance company is, may be required to get or may be entitled to additional information from your doctor in order to, for you to qualify for payment. Okay, and then that's fine. And you can provide that to the insurance company. The insurance company may deal directly with your doctor to get that information. Your doctor may have to fill out some forms, uh, and, and then you would qualify uh, presumably for disability. Now, if you don't qualify for disability, if the insurance company decides you don't qualify, well, in that point, they may be wrong, and in which case you definitely have to call me or call my partner, Sivan Tumarkin, who does the insurance and injury law show. We deal every day with people that have been rejected inappropriately uh, from their long-term and short-term disability uh, insurers. Uh, so, so you may be able to deal with that and actually qualify. But even if you legitimately don't qualify under the insurance policy, it still does not mean that you can't be off work on a medical leave of absence. So remember, to get a medical leave of absence, you just have to provide a letter from a doctor saying you cannot work for medical reasons. we talked about uh, many times in the show, both on and off the air, about bad legal advice. you got some stories, right? Yeah, you know, I have one story in particular. And, and you know, wh- what do we try to do here with the show, John? We try to provide people the best legal information that we can with respect to their legal rights. We answer questions. Uh, we, we, we provide helpful information. We take calls, et cetera. Uh, and there's so much misinformation out there. I've talked to you about many times about the Ministry of Labor on their website. Uh, they, they provide information that's not accurate, that's not true. It, it, it provides only 15% maybe of the, of the total story. Uh, and earlier this week, I came across some, another situation that was just, you know, I, I, I wish I could have done something about it. I forgot. I was looking for something online. I forget what it was. And I ca- came a- across a, a forum. I think the, the website... Uh, was, uh, I think it's Red Flag Deals. It's a website that's dedicated to helping people find good deals. Redflag.ca uh, or whatever. Yeah. It is. yeah. Uh, and, and, and they have a form, just a form people can post, uh, like a message board, I yep. guess. Sure. 
And um, in that form, someone posted, and this was from, I think, May of 2014. I just came across it this week, that, you know, I lost my job. I worked for this company for uh, four years. They gave me four weeks pay. And he had all kinds of, I wonder, can I get EI? And is four weeks enough? And that resulted in a large debate, five pages of debate back and forth by dozens of members of that message board. Everyone putting in their two cents, yeah. uh, saying, well, you know, you should have gotten this, you should do that. They, they don't have a right to do this. They have a right to do that. So and, you're saying misinformation. And 95% yeah. of that, John, was completely wrong, 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 wrong. And a couple of people actually said, well, you know what? You should actually speak with an employment lawyer. One of the person, uh, people actually gave my contact Come information on, on that Look message at you. board. But here's the thing. I mean, in, in this person, because uh, he continued corresponding on this message board, the person that started this, uh, this thread uh, didn't call a lawyer. In fact, he kept doing everything he can to avoid calling a lawyer and asking more questions on that message board. And it really did make me realize that, that people have a misconception out there as to what lawyers do and how difficult it is to speak with lawyers or, or, or how difficult the legal process are. When it comes to uh, what we're talking about, uh, workplace rights, em- employment law, uh, wrongful dismissal, severance, these issues tend to be fairly easy to resolve quick to resolve. And it doesn't cost anything to make a call and speak to us and, and, and get the right information. I mean, I, I don't know what this person did. I, I stopped reading after like three pages of the right. five-page thread, okay? But I can tell you, all, so much misinformation. He was told, no, the employer can't do that. Another person said, well, if you speak to a lawyer, that lawyer is going to take all your money and you're going to get uh. nothing. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. So be careful about who you get your legal advice from. If, you, if you're getting legal advice uh, for free on a message board, it's probably not going to be worth a heck of a lot. You want good legal advice, you call us on the show, you call me at the office, you email us at the show, you go to the Severance Pay Calculator, severancepaycalculator.com, you use terminationquestions.com, a website that I created to provide you actual legal information to allow you to ask questions. Don't just speak to anyone. You really, these issues are too important to just uh, to, to, to not get right information. How about somebody you went to school for? Maybe that would be a good start, like a lawyer. Yeah, th- that's yeah, a good start. Someone with some expertise would I mean, be good. Can you imagine the same person saying, well, I have this growth on my, uh, on my back. Uh, yeah. What do you guys think about it? Oh, guys? just lance it off. You'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, that, you really shouldn't speak with the doctor because what's <laughs> the doctor going to do? Exactly. You know, I mean, the doctor's just going to put you to sleep and cut off your, your arm because, I yeah. mean, it's not nonsense. Uh, you cannot get medical information on a public message board. You cannot get legal information on a public message board. Call those that know what they're doing. Did anyone, and I bet you did, I probably answered my own question, did anybody you bring up the old, oh, it's a week per year, you're good. Several First people. thing time, first Several thing, right? People. Every yeah. time. Well, you, what, what are you complaining? You got what you owed and it's fine, four weeks, uh, and, and nonsense. And, and some people had crazy other thoughts, and, and all of it was wrong. The only people that were right that were those. There's a couple of people that said you should speak with a lawyer. Yeah, didn't give advice to say go here. Right? Yeah, go here. Yeah. And actually, like I said, someone actually gave my, my contact information. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think he did. We'll take a, a quick break. We'll get to some emails as promised. If you want to send us one in the next minute or two, you sure can. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And the number is one 821 5900 This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Now back to the Employment Hour with Lior Sampuru and John Scholes on Talk Radio, AM 640. 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com. As promised, we'll rip through a uh, bunch of emails here in this segment before we wrap it up for another hour, my friend. We'll get to... uh 
to Don. Top of the pile says, I work at a dental office and a new dentist is about to buy the practice. The dentist I am working for has said that to all employees that if we don't go to work for the new dentist, then we resign. Is that correct? Yeah, and you know, you, you know it's not correct, no. John. We, we've talked about similar situations in the past. That actually happens quite often. Uh, doctor's offices, uh, you know, dentists, chiropractors, what have you. And so the bottom line is if you're, if you're uh, in a situation, you're, the practice has been sold, you've, you've been offered a job. An ultimatum. You, yeah. Well, you don't, <laughs> you don't actually have to accept it. And if, if you don't accept it for good reason, so if there's a really good reason why you don't accept it, maybe it's a different hours, a different pay or et cetera, uh, then you, you get your full severance from the, from the old doctor, from, in this case from the dentist. If there's not a good reason, you just don't want to continue with the new uh, dentist, then you still get severance, except you don't get your full severance. You only get your minimum severance. Either way, you get paid severance. Either way, it's not a resignation. So because of that, for, for Don, no. If you, uh, if you decide not to accept a job with the buyer, the, the, the dental company that's bought your uh, do- uh, doctor's practice, it's not a resignation. Either way, you get severance. So please do give me a call. Do the same years of service uh, apply? So if you decide to go with this new dentist and you know, you've got 14 years with the old one, and the new one says, you know, I like you, all right, but it's just, it's just not working out. So I'm going to have to let you go after 10 months. What's your severance look like? So generally speaking, when you accept a job with a buyer, when the business is sold mm-hmm. and you accept a job with the buyer, it doesn't matter if it's a dental office or any other business, the buyer inherits your service. So if you accept a job and uh, you start working on a Monday, on that Monday, your previous years are already counted. So if you worked 10 years previously, on the first day of work with a new buyer, you're already a 10-year employee. Now, that said, if the new employer, the buyer, wants you to sign an employment agreement, it's possible that in that employment agreement, they may put a term that say, we will not recognize your past service. You agreed that, that we, you can abandon that past service. Starting fresh. You're starting fresh. Yep. So potentially, if you sign an agreement like that, you may in fact be giving up your past service. So if you are about to accept a job with the buyer of the business, if they have offered you a written employment agreement, you probably want to give me a call and have me review it so oh, yeah. I can tell you what it actually says. If there's no employment agreement, if you simply are just starting to work with the buyer, that's good. That's great. That means your service automatically carries forward. If you choose not to, who pays that severance, the buyer or the seller? The, the seller always pays the, serv- uh, the, okay. the severance. If you choose not to accept a job with the buyer, it means you've never worked for the buyer, so the seller is going to have to pay you severance. one 821 5900 Lior at com. Go to Sean says, I've been accused by my employer of running a competing side business. I've been suspended without pay while they investigate. Can they do this? Well, you know, the, the first thing I'd ask uh, Sean is if it's in fact true that he's uh, running a competing side business. Because if it is true, then pardon the language, he's screwed. Okay, and yeah. that that would be cause for termination. So the real question is not, uh, you know, can they do this? The answer is yes, they can. And you know, you, you've done something you're not supposed to. But let's assume that's not the case. He's not. Uh, he hasn't done anything wrong. Can they simply suspend them while they investigate him uh, without pay? The answer is no. They cannot. A suspension without pay generally is discipline. It's a disciplinary measure. You already found guilty. Right. So <laughs> are you saying if you found me guilty before you've investigated? Isn't the purpose of an investigation to decide if I am guilty? So an employer should, in that case, if they want to suspend, suspend with pay 
a suspension without pay results in many cases in a constructive dismissal. So he can consider himself potentially to be constructively dismissed uh, and require them to pay severance by virtue of them uh, suspending him without any compensation. Now, we should say that this might not apply if, if Sean's in a union environment, right? Right. None yeah. of, by the way, of what we talked about today, almost none of it applies in a union environment simply because different rules apply in unionized environments and you actually have a lot fewer rights on termination. Wow, how about uh, that? Al- almost no rights, to be honest with you, uh, if you're part of a union. We'll get to one more here. Bernie says, I'm an employer and an employee that has been on disability leave is trying to return back to work and has provided a doctor's note saying that he is fit to return. I don't think he's been honest with his doctor and I'm concerned about taking him back. So obviously he's worried about re-injury or what else. Exactly. Uh, what, what should I do, said Bernie? No, good question. And, and actually shows that Bernie is smart and being uh, proactive here and, and you know wants to make sure that if the person comes back to work, he, uh, he uh, or she is, is safe to do so. So realistically, if you're, you get a medical do- note and it's flim- uh, flimsy, you're not sure it's, it's accurate, you're concerned about the employee working and hurting themselves or hurting others, then it's okay to ask for more information. It's okay to write a detailed letter to the, uh, to the doctor saying, here's what the person's job actually is. He has to lift 50 pounds. He has to be able to walk for 30 minutes at a time. He has to be able to stand for two hours at a time. Okay. And tell me, doctor, can the person do that? And then it's perfectly fine to ask for that. And if the employee refuses to provide that information, that's a problem for the employee. So again, all you're asking for is a prognosis. You're not asking the doctor to tell you what the medical condition is. You're just asking the doctor to tell you if the person can do the job. So Bernie in that situation should write to the doctor. I can help him put a letter like that to the doctor, done it 100 times, and, and get the information that you need to make sure that the person can come back to work safely. Before we go, severance pay calculator. Mention that, John, severancepaycalculator.com created this website uh, a year and a half ago, uh, and, and it calculates, it tells people how much severance they're owed, so you don't have to go on a public message board. You don't have to ask your, co- your cousin Shlomo uh, what, uh, what, what you actually should be getting. You can actually go and get some real legal information at severancepaycalculator.com, find out how much you're owed, find out if your severance offer is adequate, or simply find out what would happen if down the road you're let go. So I encourage everyone uh, to go to severancepaycalculator.com, tell their friends about it. If you know someone that lost their job, you owe it to them to tell them about severancepaycalculator.com. Until next time, 1-855-821-5900 is Lior's direct number. The email is lior at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.